coming up on Studio Berlin. The east of the country has some very key elements which are very different from the rest of the country when it comes to how the east developed, the history of the east. That explains why these elections are so important for political Berlin. Support for the political far right is growing, in particular in former East Germany. German reunification for many East Germans didn't really play out as well as most of us would like to believe. With this shift, the upcoming state elections in Brandenburg and Saxony could have major implications for the German political scene. The AfD has gone where no other traditional party is going anymore. We'll dive into the details on Studio Berlin. Up next, right here on 104.1 FM. Welcome to Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin. Each week we're taking a closer look at the events and issues moving us here in Germany's capital and in Europe. Yeah, lots of things are happening. I'm overwhelmed. We really have to vote every single one and uh, hope for the best. Is this Gefühl bei uns im Osten da nicht wirklich verstanden und gehört zu werden? There seems to be the feeling in Eastern Germany that we are not being properly understood or heard. And that, um, in my opinion, found expression in the protest movement that was the AfD. Angst der Leute, dass ihnen was weggenommen werden könnte, aufgegriffen und den Nerv getroffen. Wenn die AfD also ganz weit vorne sein sollte, dann if the AfD does do well in the elections, then that will have an effect on German national politics. And it's questionable whether the Grand Coalition will remain in power until the end. I'm your host, Sumi Somaskanda. This week we're talking about the big political story here in Germany right now, Two very important state elections just around the corner. Brandenburg and Saxony go to the polls in state elections that are being considered a litmus test for Chancellor Angela Merkel's government with big consequences. We're talking about that today with Thomas Sparrow. He is a political correspondent at Germany's international broadcaster, DW or Deutsche Welle. Nice to be here. And Henning Hoff. He is the executive editor of the Berlin Policy Journal. That is a current affairs magazine here in the German capital. Hi, Sui. Okay, on September 1st, Brandenburg and Saxony hold elections. Then on October 27th, another state, Thuringia, goes to the polls as well. And in all three states, the far-right populist party, the AFD, the alternative for Germany, could possibly become the biggest party. And that really would be a sea change in German politics. Thomas, bring us up to date here. Where are these states and why are they so important? Regional elections in Germany, and that's actually an interesting uh, question, are not only important for the region itself, they're also important federally. They're also important for the government here in Berlin. And that's the case in previous regional elections as well. But in this particular case, we're talking about three states that were located in the former East, in the former East Germany. And as such, they play an important role also in the country. And that's one of the reasons why this is becoming so interesting and so important. You already mentioned one of the key elements of these elections coming up, the big question of how the far-right alternative for Germany or AFD will do in those elections. That is the question that we're all hoping to answer on the 1st of, of September. Uh, but it's not only the only question, I must say. We're also interested in looking, for example, how the Greens do in uh, these elections. Uh, the Greens have had a very important role nationally in uh, recent weeks. They've gained a lot of support. Interesting to see what happens in the east of the country. 
I'm sure we will talk about this in a second, but the east of the country has some very key elements where, which are very different from, from the rest of the country when it comes to how the east developed, the history of the east. I'm sure we'll go into this in, in more detail, but that explains why these elections are so important, not only for the region itself, but also in general for, for political Berlin. And, and the other big story, of course, is is how the SPD, the Social Democrats, will will do, um, especially in Brandenburg, which they used to rule for uh, ever forever, basically since since um, the war came down, and also in Saxony. Now, if you if you look at polls, you, you see that the SPD is doing really badly in Saxony, probably below 10%, percent, and in Brandenburg, about seventeen um, percent. So they will um, probably uh, lose the right to to form a government there. And this, of course, has, has repercussions for Angela Merkel and her national government because the SPD there is a junior coalition partner and there's a big discussion within the SPD whether they should continue the coalition with Mrs. Merkel or not. A really bad result will bring up this topic again and, and um, will be discussed really, really intensively within the party. We'll talk more about those consequences, but why is it that the big established parties, the, the political center here in Germany, has fractured so much, and especially in the East, that they're losing so much support. When you look nationally, you can clearly see that the two big tent parties, the conservative CDU on the center-right of the political spectrum and the Social Democrats, which Henning mentioned, the SPD on the center-left of the political spectrum, have been losing ground for a long time. By the way, Sumi, this is not only something that is happening here in Germany, it is something that is happening also in other European countries. And who is then filling the gap? The gap is being filled on the one hand by the alternative for Germany, the far-right party. They managed to enter the German parliament for the very first time in 2017. And on the other hand, you have the Green Party. Previously, it was a, a rather small party here in, in Germany. And the Greens have gained a lot of support in recent months in particular because they have one key topic that they always present. And that key topic is climate change. Climate change is now, according to various polls here in Germany, the biggest topic for Germans, the topic that Germans believe the government should be dealing with. So on the one hand, you have the far right filling the gap on the right of the political spectrum and the Greens filling the gap on the left of the political spectrum. If you look at polls, it's very interesting that we have a sort of confrontation here, which is we see around the globe, really, that the Greens are particularly strong in, in cities and in the countryside, especially where areas aren't sort of very prosperous, uh, where there are various difficulties also with uh, depopulation. The AFD has gone where no other traditional party is going anymore. You have to also think about this within a historical context. We're talking here about 30 years since the wall fell, uh, nearly 30 years since German reunification. And although in the eastern part of the country there have been important developments, Many in the East still feel left behind. They still feel that politicians are not taking them seriously enough. And that is a gap that also the AFD has filled by saying we are touching on the elements that we believe are important for you here in the East. There are still big differences between the East and the West when it comes, for example, to income. So that sense of being left behind, that sense of, in a way, not belonging is something very particular to the eastern part of the country and something 
that parties like the AFD have clearly tapped into. Yeah, if I jump in, just with one observation, it's not only economical, it's not that, that people are so much poorer there. It's more of a, a feeling that they are left behind in the sense that they're second, second class citizens, that they don't sort of share, have this sort of still say in, in national affairs is the West Germans. And that is something which is still prevalent and which uh, the AFD cleverly really likes to, to use for their propaganda. One big scandal really is that, that they have tried to, to sort of um, kidnapped the, the the revolution of of eighty nine with uh, saying sort of we are the representatives of of those brave people who who stood up against communist dictatorship and and vote for us now and we sort of complete the so called vende the tumbling of the communist dictatorship there and that has, has created some backlash now with with the original um, citizen rights movement people from thirty years back sort of have protested quite strongly against this kind of being incorporated in, into their propaganda strategies. Yeah, the AFD really has co-opted the language, the imagery, the emotion of the fall of the Berlin Wall uh, for their own gains in the former East. This is a party that is, we have to say as well, known for its xenophobic views, its anti-immigrant views. How much does that play a role in the former East in picking up voters? It certainly plays a role in the former East. Uh, it's interesting to note that in the former East, at least compared to the Western part of the country, you don't see as many immigrants as you would see in the western part of the country, and that is, in a way, also explained by many as a reason why people tend to be against immigration. Also, in many parts of the of the former east of the of these states where the elections will be will be held, and that is something that the AFD nationally, but also in particular in the east, has, as I say, tapped into their main element, the main political strategy that they have had for a long time has been this anti-immigration stance, which is a direct response to the decision in 2015 and 16 to allow a large number of migrants to come into the country. And that is when the AFD surged as a party in opposition to the arrival of so many migrants. And they clearly realized, you may or you may not agree with the AFD, but they have been very intelligent in tapping into people's fears, in particular in the eastern part of the country, where people tend to be if not afraid, at least very sceptical of the arrival of many migrants into Germany. That's true. But if you look at Saxony, the AFD was there already strong before the, the actual um, so-called um, refugee crisis of, of uh, 2015. The, Saxony was always a little different. Um, immediately after war came down, um, it was always governed by the CDU uh, for a long while at least. And um, but, but the NPD, the sort of really far-right neo-Nazi uh, neo party, um, was always very strong in, in the eastern parts of Saxony. And, and we see now that the AFD is supplanting the, the NPD um, um, in, 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 in all these sort of borderlands which, which, uh, between uh, Germany, Poland, Germany and, and, and the Czech Republic. Um, so in a way, there's a, a long tradition of far-right thinking, um, far-right ideology in, in, the, in some parts of, of Saxony. As I said, Dresden, for instance, um, is a little different. So um, we, we shouldn't sort of always con condemn the, the whole east of Germany as a sort of uh, hotbed for, for totalitarian uh, right-wing thinking. There's also a sort of backlash. Civil civil society has woken up, um, is, is, is fighting the AFD on, on, on various fronts. But um, um, you also have to have to look at that there's a, they, they tap into a feeling which also is, is, is shown in, in the uh, participation rates in, in the elections are going down. I think in Brandenburg last year, last time around, it was 50% of people who just didn't bother to go to, go 
to, to, to go to the polling station and, and vote. And this is also something that the AfD profits from, or, or if they gain new voters, they mostly come from the previous non-voters. And um, that is um, also a problem for, for the traditional parties because they, there's this feeling uh, out of the sort of being second-class second citizens um, that that they think that the system is, isn't 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 working anymore. They sort of they 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 think democracy, the way that it came to us from the West, is not working for me or for for anybody. Even though they're then hard pressed to say what exactly is it that they think isn't working. I well, couldn't agree with you more when you say that you can't simply describe the East as being uh, completely far right. In fact, if you, for example, look at the at the recent history of of these East Eastern states, you will see that the left party has also had uh, an important role. So that is also something that you have to consider. You can't just say, we're going to talk about the far right. You also have to look, okay, what is happening to the left, for example, which also had an uh, important role and a very important role in the in the East. That's true. The left is going down and, 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 and people migrating, voters migrating from the left to, to the AFD because uh, the sort of the protest vote, which which the linker um, as, as a successor to the former Communist Party ruling East Germany, um, had sort of been been able to 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 to, to hold together. Mm-hmm. It's falling apart to, to some extent, as people say. Well, the linker is is in some governments, also as part of the governing coalition in Berlin. And I think that the linker they are already sort of establishment. We don't want for them anymore. Well, we're going to talk more about the elections and why voters, particularly in former East Germany, as you both said, feel like second class citizens and are turning to the far right. You're listening to Studio Berlin on 104.1 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Public radio programs attract educated consumers and business decision makers. You can reach this highly desirable audience with your company's marketing message on KCRW Berlin. Isn't it time to make our listeners your customers? Find out how by emailing us at sponsorships at kcrwberlin.org or online at kcrwberlin.com slash sponsorships. Welcome back to KCRW Berlin on 104.1 FM. This week on Studio Berlin, we're talking about the elections on September 1st in two states, Brandenburg and Saxony. Journalists Thomas Sparrow and Henning Hoff are with us. And people in the former West are turning to voices, journalists in the former East, to ask why these states are drifting in a different direction politically. And I want to bring in one of those voices now. Josa Maria Schlegel is a journalist for the magazine Krautreporter here in Germany, based in Leipzig, and he writes on East Germany. Hi, this is Josa. Hi, Josa. This is Sumi. And I'll just introduce you to the others here, Henning Hoff and Thomas Sparrow. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Yosa, after the European elections, you started a campaign on Twitter, a hashtag campaign called Via im Osten, which is We in the East. Tell us what this is and why you started this. Well, it initially started um, because of a tweet from Ralph Rute. So Rute is a really famous uh, cartoonist here, and it was uh, shortly past the European elections, um, when the right-wing party, the AFD, succeeded in Eastern Germany, and uh, when this cartoonist specifically asked his followers from the East, um, what could we do about this? What could we do about this swing to the right? And, yeah, after a couple of minutes, there was really uh, an avalanche of answers and mostly really sad stories. So 
there was this one girl who complained um, that the railroad station in her town was closed down, which obviously made everyone angry there, and uh, where she saw the reason for AFD voters. And others told stories of their parents who lost their job um, after the German reunification, and they would now vote AFD as some sort of cry for help. So those stories really struck me, and um, I also think it takes a lot of courage to tell sad stories about your hometown, about your family, uh, stories which you're not proud of. And, yeah, most East Germans actually uh, cease to do so um, since, yeah, they have not been uh, well understood over the last couple of years. Um, I, I think one East German writer even said um, why I am no longer talking to West German people about East Germany. So here we are with all these sad stories and um, all those reasons for the swing to the right in East Germany. And I just felt the need to preserve those stories. So I started the hashtag. Uh, and actually, it went, I, I got the East to talk even more. That's, yeah, that's it, it went, really went viral, Yoza, we should say, in the, in the weeks after the election. We saw it explode, that hashtag on Twitter. Um, yeah. You know, some people might be asking themselves, it has been 30 years since the fall of the wall. Mm. Why are we having this discussion now? Honestly, I think uh, the anniversary is just a coincidence, and also the elections just fall right into the middle of this debate. And I think that the debate is more a reaction to globalization and migration flows, and it has not so much to do with the fall of the war. On the other hand, I I think it's a great coincidence because, um, yeah, the anniversary obviously uh, really puts a spotlight on the East, so... I, I do think, in a way, that it's probably not a direct reaction to the fall of the wall, but it does have a, a link to the to the 30th anniversary in the sense that uh, people in the East uh, do tend to feel left behind, do tend to feel that compared to the West, their development in recent years and decades has not been the same. So this is something that plays into this whole debate surrounding the elections on September the 1st. So... Although I, I do think it's broader than just uh, talking about uh, the wall and the 30th anniversary. I do think that the general development in the last few decades has a, a direct impact on all these debates that we're talking about when it comes to the elections that are coming in the next few weeks. Jose, yeah. you mentioned you know, that there was a, an East German journalist who said, this is why I've stopped talking to West Germans <laughs> about the East. What do we not understand about East Germany? And I know that's a big question. Yeah. But it's also an interesting question, uh, since it's rarely being asked. And, um, yeah, and there are lots, lots of good answers, uh, since, since the East uh, didn't really have the opportunity to talk about this, um, at least um, before 2017, I think, when the whole debate unfolded. Um, maybe one thing I, uh, I single out here is the fact that uh, German reunification uh, for many East Germans didn't really play out as well as most of us uh, would like to believe. So actually, um, the CDU, Germany's uh, biggest party, really put their mark on the reunification and marked it as, as a great achievement, but they, they never really asked what went wrong there. They never really listened to the East. Um, they sort of liberated the people of Eastern Germany, but yeah, they failed to uh, live up to their hopes and expectations. And I think that is one thing we don't understand. Um, yeah, that reunification is not just 100% um, a story of success.
um, that's probably true. Yes, but but I wonder, sort of, do you get any sense um, from your responses, sort of what what went wrong, other than the, the sort of uh, we have a, a depopulization, people moving moving away, so things are closing down. This is not not as you say, not not very specific to to East Germany. That's happening across uh, Europe, I, I dare say. What is what is this sort of this alternative uh, unification story? East Germans, if you can be so general, uh, anyway, uh, would have wished for. Yeah, it's really really hard to to answer. I think I think the East didn't want the wall, and they didn't want this this rogue regime that the GDR was. But um, I think they they also they didn't want to just dump the achievements they made during GDR times. So. Let's take the art scene as an example. So art and painters from the GDR were uh, considered not worthy enough for many, many years uh, since they had to create their art um, according to a board of censors. And it's only now that East German art and music is getting fully discovered and receiving credit for what it is. Mm. I, I don't know how, how we could have preserved uh, <laughs> mm. those things. There are many voices um, uh, calling for a slower process of reunification, but mm. I, I can't really imagine how this should have looked like. I mean, the East was also a very a very poor part of the world. I think they only had one MRT um, engine. Is, is that the right word, the MRT? You can diagnose a cancer with. So people were dying over there for no real reason. And if we didn't have the reunification, they would have we would have let them die. So I think, yeah. From yeah, I think that, that I think that many many or all agree that the sort of mm. the the, the uh, standards of living are much much better uh, uh, yeah. now. That you, you have the freedom of expression, even if the AFD, uh, AFD says otherwise. We are not mm. living in a dictatorship. You can say what you want um, as long as you sure. sort of uh, do this within and the uh, on the basis of the law. But but uh, what I, what I sort of trying to to get at is. If you say there's this disappointment, how can we, and I think that's a big big problem here, um, get these people who feel so disconnected from our democratic system, get them back in? Or sort of how how, how could we sort of be better in, in listening and in giving, giving, giving space to these stories? What, what could it be which, which, which gets things going again? Well, one thing that I would like to say is political representation. I mean, yes, you do have... Uh, a German chancellor who grew up in the eastern part of the country. But if you look, for example, at the, at the cabinet here in, in Berlin, you would see that representation from the east is very low. Mm-hmm. So very one element mm-hmm. that you could certainly try and pursue is is more political representation from the east, from people who know exactly what it is to live or grow up or develop or whatever in the east. I think that's one key point that you could certainly try and develop. But, uh, yeah, representation... Um it's, it's just a start, I think. Yeah. If you talk about AFD, it's really work that uh, has to be done by the parties. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think now it's, it's maybe a bit too late for most um, traditional parties to get, get really back at the East and even uh, yeah. Yeah, before September 1st and, and even to win them over ever again. Um, but let me say this, there's one hope maybe, and that is the Green Party hmm. as a hope for the mainstream. They are getting a lot of attention in the East uh, at the moment, a lot of appreciation even. And they have a lot of East German key figures um, in their party. And they also um, really succeed in, in addressing East German topics. Jose, yes. you mentioned topics. So what are the issues that voters care about most in the former East? Because clearly you're saying it's not just immigration. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would be careful with, with that. I mean, there was a 
on Tuesday, I think, um, which made it really clear that, uh, at least in Saxony, uh, they care a lot of, uh, about immigration. And so together with um, education, I think it's the most important topic uh, when it comes to elections. So I think immigration is, the driving, uh, is driving the debate. But um, maybe we have to look behind that um, whole, whole discussion, and maybe um, we will realize that um, immigration is, yeah, just serving a, as, as some sort of front discussion for the unspoken but uh, far wider question of globalization, of, of capitalism. I think that many people, especially in the East, realize that they are not really benefiting from the worldwide technological economic process. I think if we start to address this topic, uh, globalization, uh, capitalism, the immigration debate will, will fade from the spotlight again. Yeah. Well, there was a poll also recently which compared the main interest in Western Germany and Eastern Germany, and it revealed that people in the West believe that the main challenge for politicians is climate change, then mm. immigration. In the East, it was swapped. So it was first immigration <laughs> and then climate change. But it, it's also important to stress that when we talk about regional elections, and I've covered many regional elections in the past few years, local issues, regional issues, tend to play also a very important role. And that is, for example, why education, which was mentioned just a few seconds ago, is also particularly important in the East. Josa and Henning and Thomas, maybe that's a good point because we do have to bring this to a close. That's it for Studio Berlin this week. Thank you so much to Henning Hoff, Thomas Sparrow, and Josa Maria Schlegel. Good to talk to you. Thank you very much, Sumi. Thanks. Thank you. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening to Studio Berlin, our current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin. Make sure to tune in next Saturday at 10 a.m. and Sunday at 4 p.m. here on 104.1 FM.